Hello, I'm Michelle. And I'm Laura. And this is the Pair Entrepreneurs Club podcast, a weekly show to help you navigate the demands of being a working parent. We will share lots of practical ideas, hints and tips, and our own and others' experiences of juggling work, family, health and finances. Above all, we want to help you find your purpose, define your identity and banish any confidence gremlins that might be holding you back from the life you dream of. No matter whether you have children or not, there will be something here for you. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 12 of the Pair Entrepreneurs Club podcast. In this episode, Laura and I are going to be teaching you to lie, cheat and steal. So what do we mean by that? Well, Laura, over to you. Thanks, Michelle. Yeah. Um, and it's an interesting concept and one that um, I came across recently because I was actually listening to Marissa Peer. Um, and it's one that it's a kind of mantra that she sets of why you should lie, cheat and steal every day. And and the meaning behind that really is that um, we lie to ourselves um, and things that we, we want to believe. So for things that we don't necessarily want to do, we tell ourselves that we do. Um, to cheat is to cheat fear. Um, and then the steal element is around stealing the confidence back that you were originally born with. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I really resonated with this because I thought, actually, yeah, what, what what is it? What would the life look like or our lives look like if we were to imagine ourselves without any societal um, pressures, you know, and to have that confidence that we were originally born with? Because that, that gets eroded away over time. Um, and it and it fits in with our values and beliefs, and and this is something that we talk about, and we have talked a lot about with clients, and um, you know the, the conversations that we've had as well recently. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll let you talk a little bit more about that as well, Michelle. Yeah, absolutely, and it's just fascinating concept, isn't it? Because I think that, you know the brain does what we think um, it we want to do, um, and it's in a really interesting part of psychology. And from from our, from our perspective, you know. As Laura said, we we all kind of have this innate kind of no fear factor when we're born, don't we? And yet, as we as we go through life and go through childhood and adulthood, there are things and obstacles that come and act as barriers for that. And a lot of that that is that kind of nurture, nature nurture value that comes comes to the forefront. So things that we're kind of assuming we should or shouldn't be doing, on they, like you say, those social norms and those pressures that we have. So this whole concept around like healthy habits with food and dieting etc you know our our brain kind of is programmed in a way to understand what it is we like so if we eat pizza and when we like pizza then it's going to tell us we should be eating the pizza and then when we step on that treadmill and go to the gym our brain's saying just do the pizza you know you really like that pizza why are you here in your lycra when you could be sat at home in your jammies eating pizza you know, it's 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 that that subconscious stuff of the brain, that mapping that we've done, that's telling us in that way that that's how we should do it. Um, so we kind of have to train it to tell it tell it what we want it to be, and it's it's being it's quite difficult to do that, isn't it? And I know we spoke about a recent situation that you had. Like we can go into a situation and we you know we 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 know we're not going to enjoy it, but it's kind of getting that in that headspace of trying to turn something that's a negative uh, connotation into a positive. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, my my experience was actually going to the gym and um, I was uh, with a friend in the gym and she challenged me to say, oh, let's go on the stepper for 10 minutes. And automatically I thought, I hate the stepper. My knees hurt when I go on the stepper. It's just, I just don't like it. It's really boring. 
Um, and I was actually telling her this story about uh, Marissa Peer and you know, the lie, cheat and steal. And I said to her, actually, let, let's come on, Stepper, and let's just lie to ourselves and tell ourselves it's really good. Um, and that's exactly what we did. Um, and we kind of egged each other on a bit, which was, you know, really helpful. But it made it so much easier. And and I think, you know, you do this in all walks of life. It's the same when I was training to do, I challenged myself to do a, a 10K um, trail run. And again, I don't like I don't like running. I'm not a natural runner. Um, and I used to get to about 7K and think um, pain in my legs was, my legs felt like they were on fire. And it was really hard to get over that. And all I wanted to do was stop. And I used to have to tell myself or focus on some music or tell myself, just think of something else, think of the end result. Um, because you lie into your brain and say, it doesn't hurt, it doesn't hurt, keep going, keep going. Um, and I think, you know, over the years, I've certainly had experiences of this where your body can always take far more than what your brain thinks it can, you know, and, and it goes in all walks of life as to where you will stop yourself. Absolutely. And it's just changing that picture, isn't it? It's changing that that image in your brain of something that's negative into positive. Um, and obviously, as an NLP practitioner, there's a couple of techniques that we use for that, um, particularly, you know, as, as a career, either in a, a career perspective in a, in a corporate workplace or also as, as individuals who are obviously going through that that piece of uh, self-confidence and belief. And and for me, that that is that kind of imagery piece. So just creating that image in your head of something that's really, really positive you know how does it make you feel what does your body feel like how you know how are you actually feeling at the end of that result and having that and toning down all that negative energy that sits behind it um so for, for example like years ago I worked with a chap and he was quite a formidable force he was you know uh, you kind of met him and you knew you knew who he was um he led a contract of about 1500 people but when it came to public speaking and standing in front of people and delivering an induction to a load of you know kind of barely faced road workers he was absolutely petrified and using that NLP technique and and in that instance we kind of did the the picture in his head and we toned the colors up and we made sure that he he could see really bright colors and tone down all that negative that image and thinking about how it was going to feel at the end of it for him he just kind of had to work through that confidence thing and it was just remapping it in his brain so not not the negative talk of you know this is going to go awful and I'm going to you know we, we've heard the silly things haven't we like looking listening to the pretending the audience all sat there naked etc <laughs> but it's just throwing that image into a different context and you know just literally tweaking it and the visualization of it making that picture brighter and more colourful if you're a visual person and how it's going to feel. So for him, he'd go in there and think, well, actually, what's the worst could happen? And I'm thinking about a really positive experience I've had and the, you know, the birds are singing in the trees and the grass is bright green and the sun's shining in the sky and it's not this sort of grey landscape that he's got when he goes in, up in the morning and starts starts stands on the lectern to deliver the presentation. So it's, it's such an incredible uh, mindset, isn't it, around how the brain works in that setting? Um, and I know when I did my degree, I could never really relate it back because I think obviously still very much, you know, in that premature piece of life, aren't you, as an 18, 19 year old. Um, and this whole debate around, you know, how does the external world really impact me when I'm actually, I'm 18, I've moved to a new city. And that's probably as far as impact, wider impacts probably had other than my schooling years. Um, and as you look back now, you, you can kind of see all those jigsaw puzzles coming together. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, you- the, the kind of visualization and the power of that for me is is it's just phenomenal because 
um, I remember talking to someone before about how they um, were terrified of public speaking. I was trying to you know, coach them through this and understand what it was. And for them, they had this representation of being at school. They could imagine themselves on that stage. They saw the audience looking at them. They froze in that moment. And that's all they could recall. They could see it so vividly. But actually, it was about taking that picture, dimming that image and recreating it with a new one to actually replace that and get rid of those anxiety states, emotions that were attached to it. Mm. um you know i've seen people do um the kind of the the was in the apple or apple potato and onion test um you know and, and it's the same thing where actually if you peg your nose and you focus on just what you're eating mm-hmm. most people don't know whether it's an apple a potato or an onion that they're eating because they focus on the sensation of eating that and can't taste what's going on um so exactly. it is that trick in your brain to say actually let's not focus on the negative let's think about what could happen and then our brains kind of go in that direction Hmm. and I think as parents we experience it I know we've had conversations don't we around the things that can interject now into that future stuff into adult life so my eldest came home yesterday and said mommy 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 I'm singing in church on Monday at Harvest Festival but I don't want to do it I don't want to do it I'm nervous about doing it and and it all goes back to a point that last year at Harvest Festival, she was she was very unwell. She was just about, about to physically throw up, I think, in front of the whole audience. And uh, she was stood there and put on this festival. But this, for her, it had been a negative experience. Like, it wasn't a good visit to the church. It was, I'm standing here, I'm feeling awful, and everybody's watching me. And, and so I'm trying to get her into that headspace now of, like, it'll be amazing. Think about how fantastic you'll feel when you've done it. And the church will be beautiful, and all those people are going to be there, and it's going to be a wonderful time. So even at that age, at the age of five, previous things and experiences are going to remap how we feel in our brain. And so, you know, for her, it's verbalising that, isn't it? And saying that obviously there's some level of anxiety around how she's going to feel in that session next week. Um, so without doing an NLP <laughs> a session on her, um, it does. It, it it is quite interesting how you know our, our kind of experiences also have then an impact on those beliefs as well, don't they? Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, I think it is it, it is understanding, yeah, what what is it, you know, that's causing that. Mm. And I always remember do you remember the, the um the T V programme about um the secret lives of four year olds? Yes. Yes. You know. And and it is and it it starts so early and yeah. we don't often know where our fears or anxieties and things come from because you know, we, we go through life and we forget. Um whereas actually that's probably something that will stay and it's something that, you know, it's without creating those new beliefs it can create a limiting belief um i know um i kind of always relate to this analogy of having a tabletop and it's like when you try something you you create the tabletop of whether you believe you can or whether you believe you can't and then you create the pillars underneath it to support that each time you do it so if you try something once you say oh I, i didn't work i failed i'll try again and then that doesn't work and you create a pillar underneath and it's like well I, I didn't think it works it didn't work the first time and then the third time you create another pillar you know and so on and so forth and all of a sudden you've got this really strong limiting belief of I've, I've told you it won't work because I've tried it five times and you know I've got exactly that result and the flip side of that is to create those beliefs that we're so strong with because we've you know we've conquered it we've 
fought the fear, we tried it, it went well, and we've got positive, you know, experience from it. So then do it again. Yeah, so that's that's a really interesting point, Laura, isn't it? And I think, you know, we've talked about before with um, the Banjora and the, having experiences, you know, you've actually got to see sometimes and, and have a master experience of a belief. So, um, you know, uh, the conversation around these people that don't believe in the COVID vaccine or global warming. And obviously we do have some people now who still say the world is still flat and they've not actually been able to have that master experience to say, yes, we've seen from space that it is this this sphere that we live in so it, yeah it's an interesting point isn't it around how we how we face those those beliefs and cement them really yeah it is and I think you know the, the thing for me is that beliefs are always um interchangeable so mm-hmm. it's things like that where if we suddenly got on a space rocket or whatever and said oh no I can definitely see the world is um a sphere then our belief would change because it's very hard to argue against something that we physically see um and and this is where it kind of links to values as well in that the difference between beliefs and values from my perspective is values are very rarely changed but our beliefs can be yeah so i always think of values as being an identity so when people say i am honest i am reliable i am trustworthy whatever it might be they are fundamental values that people hold and they very rarely shift. Yeah, absolutely. I was just thinking when you were saying about the beliefs and them changing, it's it's the whole Father Christmas thing, isn't it? You know, I'd be slightly disturbed as a 39-year-old adult if I still believed in Father Christmas. (laughs) But I now believe in it for my five and Hang on, are you telling me (laughs) Father Christmas is not real? (laughs) exactly so yeah 100% I think beliefs are so interchangeable aren't they and and, you know and I certainly resonate back to things that I've held in my personal life that um, you know beliefs along the way that I've had you know right from childhood through to adulthood and and they have moved and shifted from those experiences that we've had Um, and it's that talk that goes around it isn't it sometimes that internal voice as well that we have in, in our brain that says we're validating that belief or like you say the the mastery experience of actually seeing it or or the information that we're given to kind of cement or dispel that belief as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and it, and it is how you use your own self-talk to change that from a limiting belief to an empowering belief as well. Yeah. Um, some of the strategies that I tend to use is to um, say yet or and yes. um, just at the end of it. So, for example, you know, say, oh, I, I can't do X. Well, I can't do that yet. Mm. Um, And I certainly use this with my son because he will frequently say, um, oh, I can't I can't do my spellings or I can't do my homework. Um, And just saying, well, you can't do it yet. And and it's bizarre because he does actually now say it back to me, um, which is is great. And I think it, it is that understanding of I can, you know, it's that and as well. So if I was to take um you know extra tuition or you know i can't speak spanish but i can have lessons it's just that changing the the you know reframing it to then become an empowering belief because i'm capable of doing anything if i apply skills Mm. and knowledge and learning to it Mm. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's it, it's changing that, that picture exactly like we said, isn't it, in the head and just being really precise on what that looks like. So I think if we use that negative talk and negative language, again, we're playing that trick back on the brain because it's, it's doing what we think it wants it to do. So when we say, I hate, um, then obviously the brain's thinking, okay, she hates this, she hates this, she hates this. Whereas actually sometimes we even verbalise it and, and twist it. So um, I've got a client at the moment in coaching and, so, and, and I use a lot of just 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 flick the language, just flip the language around. And if you do that, yeah, you say, add those extra words on or sometimes just completely twist it. So go from hate to love. And how does it feel? Like what's what's it telling your brain? It's very it's very polar opposite. But what is it actually doing? Um, and sometimes it just changes that state, doesn't it? You can physically see someone move away from that negativity. Um, yeah. Because yeah. they're telling themselves they can't do something. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I was having this conversation with someone very recently about um, how you can um, kind of trick the mind. And they were using this as an ex- you know, a, a really good example of saying that they um, would tell themselves that, yes, I'm enjoying this or um, you know, going through that cycle of physically you know, telling themselves this is okay, I'm okay with this. And there's a really fine line between stress and excitement. Um, So particularly when you're going through stressful situations, uh, you know, whether it's delivering um, a speech or some sort of presentation or sitting exam, we tend to hold ourselves in a different manner. So we can notice that we probably, you know, we have a a stress state um, that you can physically see in people. And actually, if you look at someone who's really excited or, you know, wants a, an adrenaline rush, then they have the same state. And so it's saying to your brain, actually, which which do I want this to be? Um, and I was reading something really interesting recently about, um, actually, we've always talked about stress being one of the biggest killers. Mm. But the people who see stress as excitement and don't therefore relate to it as stress live longer um it's really yeah really fascinating yeah I, I think I read a similar study and it was saying like you know, people in very high pressure jobs like um you know top brain surgeons pilots multi-professional um, entrepreneurs they are in that mindset they, they are literally thriving on that stress and they need to do that so yeah life expectancy kind of increases um, and that's that line to your brain isn't it that's that's literally that fine line and line to your brain in that sense um and, you know, no doubt they, on a daily basis, are using techniques to cheat that fear. And yeah. overcoming You know, I'm sure a neurosurgeon touching someone's brain and doing pioneering surgery is having to come up with some very robust techniques to do that the first time. Um, they're not getting there on a wing and a prayer, are they? Let's be honest. They yeah. are having to cheat that fear in their brain um, and pop them, you know, get themselves in that mindset of, you know, yes, I can do this. There are risks to doing it, but how am I going to overcome it? So, yeah, potentially not not some of the NLP techniques, but that again, it's that imagery, isn't it? What's going to happen if I'm the life changing situation? What happens if I'm able to do that and make this difference to this person? The impact, as opposed to the negative talk, which is, oh crikey, you know, this could happen, that could happen. I could be having a conversation with their family this afternoon. So yeah, absolutely empowering, isn't it? To think to think that. Um, it's that perverse way of looking at it, isn't it? There's that fine line for some people and how, how they kind of t- twist that stress um, from that kind of fear, that, that overcoming fear of, of God. 
Yeah, I think one of the things that my dad always used to say this to me, um, you know, um, from when he did Tony Robbins when I was young and it's sort of something that's always stayed with me is what would you do if you didn't think you could fail? Yeah. And and it and it's so powerful because if you go with that attitude of, well, yeah, okay, what what could I achieve if I don't think I can mm-hmm. fail in this, then mm-hmm. you'll you will inevitably try harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really interesting because I think we live in a country that is even more fearful of failing. Um, you know, I think if you're in the States, it's a bit different. There's a slightly different perception of, well, at least we tried. But I think over here, we, you know, we, we all know it. We all have conversations and certainly I've been privy to some quite recently where, in a way, people kind of get a kick of other people's failure. And we've always got that then in our brain, haven't we? We've always got that subconsciously of what will people think if this doesn't succeed? You know, we've we've had the conversations with our business. We we do. We kind of we wonder. We worry, don't we? And witter about what are people going to think? And yeah, completely overcoming that and not living by that fear is 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 a phenomenal way to look at the world, isn't it? If you can just think, if that wasn't there and that wasn't on the table, and you weren't worried about failing. How would you ad- adopt the way to life? You know, how would you get up in the morning and deal with the challenge that you've got? Yeah, exactly that. Um, you know, we can go off on a, a huge tangent on this as well, because I think it is something that we, you know, we do um, talk about a lot in that um, what is it that's causing that? And, and most of it is social media, it's external verification, um, because we look at others to judge ourselves by it. You know, so it's taking that away and saying, oh, I'll stick with what, what, what understanding what are my beliefs what are my values and am I being true to those and they're really the kind of the guiding light that should help us to be able to navigate that that pathway I believe yeah absolutely absolutely and sometimes just writing them down is really important isn't it just sometimes we forget what they they are we we know you know if someone somebody asked you in a lift you could probably come up with your top five values but when it comes to those decisions and overcoming that fear, we forget that. We forget why we're doing something. We forget that value proposition that we've all got. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. So definitely need to steal back that innocence of our childhood, don't we? In that kind of position where we're not worrying about that fear of failure. We're not with that complete innocence in life that we have. And having that brain in that mindset that actually, you know, we've not got this negative talk going on yeah absolutely and hopefully you know that's given you some uh key tips and uh, techniques to take away there and you know as always we'd love to hear some feedback so if there's anything in this episode that you really resonate with or you've got questions on please do get in touch with us um otherwise we'll see you next time thank you thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed it We rely heavily on word of mouth, so if you found value in this episode, please hit subscribe and share it with family and friends. If you'd like to find out a bit more about us, you can find us on our Facebook group, Parentrepreneurs Club, or alternatively on Instagram, parentrepreneurs underscore club. We hope you have a great week and we look forward to talking to you next time.